It's time for today's episode of the College Recruiting Weekly Podcast with your host, Commissioner of the Canadian Backyard Wrestling Federation and America's college recruiting guru, Dan Tudor. Coach, how are you doing? Great to have you on this episode of the podcast. Hey, kind of a special one today, uh, different than we normally present. This is going to be a recording of a talk that I gave at the... uh, Women's Basketball Coaches Association Convention. It is uh, alongside the Women's Final Four in basketball and uh, talked about this uh, on April of 2019. And we wanted to bring it to you because I think it's going to be a very interesting topic that uh, is going to apply to you and what you do every day as a coach when it comes to recruiting athletes. We are talking about, and the title of this talk that I gave that you're going to be listening to is the missing 20% your recruits are looking for. And the whole idea is that most recruits, by the time they get deep into the process with you, are about 80% sold on you, your program. In other words, they could see themselves going there. There's not a lot of convincing left to do uh, when it comes to that, for instance, like what your school has and what your program's about, that has been defined. The missing 20% is what gets interesting. They are searching for specific things, and most coaches don't give those things to them. So this talk that we gave in front of about 250, 300 coaches at the Final Four focused on that whole idea of the the, the missing 20%. And what is that, and how do you identify it, and how do you replace it into the recruiting approach that you take with your recruit. So you're going to get a chance to listen in on the talk that we did for those coaches. A couple of quick things uh, as you listen to this. Uh, There was uh, an accompanying uh, visual presentation. In other words, there there were slides, there were graphs and charts and different things that we referenced. You're going to hear me reference the uh, those things in the talk, and obviously you're listening to this on a podcast, you're not going to be able to uh, to see them. But I did do a, I tried to do a good job of remembering that this, that this was going to be part of a podcast, and so I explained most of it. There might be a couple of things that, that slipped through the cracks, but I just wanted to give you the heads up uh, on that. And then secondly, uh, there were a couple of times where it got a little scratchy. You'll hear some interference, like something was rubbing up against the microphone that we were using to record. And I think what that was in trying to figure out what that, uh, what that sound was that you're going to hear in different parts of the podcast was uh, the uh, suit coat that I was wearing as a part of the presentation was brushing up against the microphone that we were using to record it. So if you can get through that and you can do a good job of picturing what I describe in the graphs, I think you're going to get a lot out of it and it's going to uh, really give you some things to think about uh, as far as how you approach recruits. And we'll talk about that more at the end of the podcast. But for right now, because it's a longer one, it runs about 50 minutes or so, uh, the, the talk itself does. So I want to get right to you getting a chance to listen to it. And Coach, I hope you are able to sit back and really think about what we're talking about and figuring out what do I need to change. So here's the talk, the missing 20% your recruits are still looking for. Um, so here we are talking about what's missing. And whenever something is missing in recruiting, it doesn't work well. It doesn't look good. It, doesn't, it just doesn't come off the way that you want it. 
And the reason we wanted to pick this topic is because basketball coaches especially have told us over the years, and we do a lot of research, we do a lot of focus group studies, kids are talking about what coaches are doing during visits, before visits, uh, when they want kids to commit, and it's not quite fitting the way that they want things to be done. And some of you have talked to me about the fact that as this generation has changed, you're trying to approach things a certain way, and you, you get senses uh, during the process that it's just not going the way that they want, or that visit seemed to be a little bit dull, or she didn't seem to really connect with what I was trying to say on that home visit. Why is that happening? Well, whenever we get a question like that, it's not our opinion versus yours. We go straight to the kids and we start researching and developing. And that's the one thing that we love doing is hearing kids talk about the way they make decisions and who's influencing them. And sometimes they'll tell us things that they don't tell you because you're their coach. And when we ask them this question of, as coaches are recruiting you, what is missing? They start talking about things that, um, that, that don't seem right to them. And that's what this today, today is all about. So what my hope is, is that you leave here in about an hour knowing what you need to do back at home, back in your office with your staff, to identify the things that you're doing that the kids don't want, that in their mind it's missing from your presentation, the way you approach them, and, and everything else, and you're able to fix it. You're able to come in and and restructure the way that you communicate, host your campus visits, and have it be all done based on research. So when things are missing, the reason it's a problem, the reason I think all of you are in this room and, and made a choice to be here today, is that you realize that it's not as effective as it could be when something's missing. Pretty basic, I mean, whether it's a tooth, whether it's um, uh, you miss practice time, you're late for your flight, everything, when things are missing, when things don't go right, you can still get stuff done, but it's not as effective, it's not as smooth, and there's enough in your life that you, have, you don't have control over that's not smooth, that's not effective, let's not have recruiting be one of them. Um, also, we freeze. When something is missing, for many of us, it causes us to stop. For your kids, it causes them to stop. Earlier this year, I was meeting with a client, taking a lift back to the hotel, dropped off, they drove away, I realized my cell phone's still in the car. And just saying that for some of you, the look on your face was you, you feel that, like what would I do if I didn't have my cell phone? And what do you do? I can't, who do I call? How do I call? Because I don't have my cell phone. And fortunately the driver came back and dropped it off. He saw that it was in the back seat. So that worked out okay. But for that 15, 20 minutes, I froze, I panicked. Your kids that you're recruiting are doing the same thing. When something is missing and they were expecting it, and you don't deliver it the way that they think it should be delivered, it causes them to freeze. They don't know what to do next, or they start second-guessing you. And you've seen that in your coaching. You've seen that in your just normal interaction with your team. It's true in recruiting as well. We also second-guess. If something isn't the way we thought it was going to be, we start second-guessing our reason for wanting that thing in the first place. So most of you in this room are at schools that aren't the premier program. There's, always, there's somebody that's better than you. There's another better option, whether it's a better division level, more money, more successful program, they had a better record last year. Whatever it is, there's something better out there. And so when something isn't delivered, let's just say I'm, I'm keeping you in the game as a recruit, but then something is missing, it starts to give me cause for concern, and I pause, and I second-guess my decision to be interested in the first place. 
And what I start reviewing, did I make a mistake somewhere along the line? That goes along with freezing, but we hear the kids talking about how it makes them second-guess their decision in the first place. Um, also, when we have missing information, when something is missing, our way of dealing with that is we go with our gut. And let's just all agree that the guts of teenage student-athletes and their parents are not what we want them to go with in recruiting. Fair enough? Okay, so, but that's the natural go-to. Something's missing, we're gonna trust our instinct, go with our gut, your recruits are doing the same thing. So let's, let's take this back specifically to the kids that you're about to uh, um, start recruiting in the next class or you're trying to finish up a class and there's things that are gonna be happening in the spring and summer that are gonna really determine whether or not you get those kids or not. Um, everything that we're gonna talk about, I'm gonna try to center it back to your kids that you're recruiting, your prospects, because folks, that's what we have to focus on. I, you and I as adults, we can have this long uh, philosophical discussion about the way it should be, the way they should make decisions, but they aren't making their decisions that way. So I wanna try to focus everything that we know about student athletes, and if things are missing and they want other things, how can we as the adults in the room, the people who are selling this experience or selling our college or our program, how do we fill that gap and do that? Because what they have told us is when they are talking to you, they're interacting with you, they go deep into the process, maybe they come onto campus, they've already been on campus, the big thing that we have found out is that when they do that, they're about 80% sold on you. By the time they get to campus especially, but even then leading up, they're talking about coming to campus, they're 80% sold on you. Why are they 80% sold? Because we all operate on these, right? Anything I wanna know about your school, you as a program, your degree majors, where you're located, what other students think of you, I wanna watch a video, I wanna take the campus tour before I get to campus, I can do that. It's super easy, free, cheap, I can do anything any, about your program, if I wanted to know something, you give me my phone and three minutes alone and I get my information that I want. What we as adults do, as recruiters, as coaches, we think it's 1975 and they really need us, they need our information to see our stuff in order to make a decision. And folks, it's just not true. By the time they get to campus, as they're getting more and more interested in you and you get to sense, and you all have that feeling where we're getting this kid, she's interested, she's moving towards us, she's excited. That means they're about 80% sold. And what kids have told us is degree, they have, check. Program, I like it. Facilities, good enough. Coach, seems good. Um, location, one, I, I'd love to go to school there. They've stacked up these things already as they enter the relationship with you. Folks, otherwise they're not gonna have a relationship with you. The people who aren't communicating with you, the kids who you never hear back from, have decided, wrong division level, don't like your facilities, I, I think I'm better than that, whatever that is, division level, your record, or whatever. Um, I don't wanna go to a Christian school, I don't wanna go to a school in the Midwest, whatever it is, they've decided. How, how did they figure out this information? On these, but we forget that. So that means, if we're doing our math, 80%, they're sold. There's that remaining 20% then that they're trying to figure out. And folks, that is where the opportunity is 
That's the great equalizer in this room. Some of you are at conferences that are really prestigious. Um, you get a lot of play on ESPN. You don't have to sell your conference. You don't have to sell your facility location, maybe your record. The great equalizer is as you compete with other people in this room for recruits, if you choose to take this information and do something with it, you can win because it's the missing 20% that we find is the thing that dictates whether or not you get that athlete. So the question is that we're asking is what are we missing? I think there's a more important question that I would want you to sit back and think about just for a second as we spend time here this afternoon together. It's not the question, what are we missing? It's the question, what are we replacing it with? So this stuff, this 20%, it's not clicking. We're providing 100% of stuff to that recruit. We're, you're not missing a beat when it comes to information, showing the love, going to the games. It's all there. But it's only hitting at an 80% rate. What is that missing 20%? We're replacing it with something. What is the stuff that we're replacing it with? Right now that we as adults think they need, but the kids, the recruits that you want, are thinking not, not, it's not important to, uh, to us. So that's what I want to go over today. Um, and I'm going to break it down into three segments. Before the visit happens, on the visit, and after the visit. And that's what, as you begin to evaluate this, you go back to your program and you begin to build out a plan for how to fix or replace this missing 20% or, or adjusting it to something that they want. I'd like you to break it down into these three areas because typically if you want to um, denote markers in the recruiting process, those are good markers. What's happening before the visit that gives us a good indication that recruit is heading towards us? What happens on the visit and then afterwards? Because every, at every point you're looking for that, that, that next step. You're looking, are, is she still interested? Is the are we still talking to the parents the same way? What's the club coach saying? We're looking for that. So I, that's why I want to break this this down uh, when we talk to uh, when we talk to kids. S several of you have had us on your campus before with your athletic department, and we do a lot of research there. We also present a lot of national research uh, over those two days. I want to share a couple of things with you here that we've been sharing on campuses where we do workshops from the class of 2018 nationally. So these are kids that you showed up on your campus that told us Here's, here were some of the factors we used in making our decision. We do this with clients. Uh, she mentioned in, in the intro that we work with individual programs and some of you in the room, we work with you and we help um, create and manage your recruiting message. Um, because of that, we, when you bring those kids in, we get to talk to those kids about how they made their decision. We get a real deep understanding of what they're doing uh, in the decision-making process. So I wanna take you through a couple of questions that will show you how uh, from purely a research standpoint, these kids are making this decision and how it plays into what I'm talking about before the visit. Um, we, one of the questions we asked this class that came in nationally, and this represented about 6,000 athletes, not just women's athletes, all over the board. It's D1 to NAIA, everything in between. We asked them, what is the right overall mix of recruiting communication going out from a coach to a prospect? In other words, all the different ways that you could communicate with a, that a coach could communicate with you as a recruit, what mix would you want? What matters to you? And as we gave them choices, so letters, emails, social media, direct messaging through social media, phone calls, text messaging, we laid it all out and that one to 10 scale at the bottom is rate for yourself importance of each message. So some kids obviously could go all the way 10, some categories were zero. 
we average it all out, first of all, as you look at that list, what would you say are the predictive things that you would assume are important to them? You don't have to answer, but when you look at that list, you think, well, I, I sort of know what these kids want because I know, you know, for instance, they're always on social media and everything. So when we ask them to average everything out, what is the mix? Are there things you don't want? Is there one clear thing that everybody wants? This was the answer from the class of 2018. Now, the one thing I want you to know and notice, is there one clear dominant thing that they want in recruiting messaging? No. Many of you walked into the room thinking these kids are all about social media. It is all about what we, and we put so much time and so much effort into planning out our social media. Where does social media rank in this overall mix? last. Now, it's not to say that some kids didn't mark that at a 10 and letters at zero. Uh, absolutely. But when you average everything out across the spectrum, it shows up as this. Um, phone calls, number one. Wait a minute, Dan, they don't like talking on the phone. How, why do they say phone calls? Because for them, when you call them, it proves that you want them. It's tough. They don't like talking on the phone. Many of them don't, don't know how to talk on the phone. When you can do it, wow, she called me and had a conversation. They don't want it to be a long conversation, but five or ten minutes she called me. I'm important. That was, that's good. Letters. I make this point. When we go to campuses, the one thing that I think every coach agrees with us on is letters are hard to do, and it's expensive, right? For many of you, if you're recruiting a lot of kids, sending letters out or any type of mail, you're getting billed for that, and that's why some of you don't do it at different division levels at different colleges. And yet letters are more important than social media and, and right up there with phone calls and text messaging. Why do they want a letter? Because folks point out make and have made over this last year especially. This generation that you're recruiting has no idea how to mail a letter. Your freshmen that did this have no clue how to do a letter. They don't know, I mean, they know how to write one, kind of. But then what do I put it in? What do I put on the outside of that thing called an envelope? If they manage to do all that, where in the heck do I get a stamp? And now what do I do with it? And we all laugh because it's sort of funny because, I mean, again, the closer you get to my age, we grew up with mail, and it shouldn't be a big deal. Your kids, it's a mystery. They don't receive letters. When you, as a program, send them a letter, that might be the first time in their life that they've ever been able to go out to that little black mailbox at the end of the driveway, and there's something for them in it. Letters are incredibly important as a part of that mix. Emails. Wait a minute. They don't answer their emails, Dan. I never. I don't talk to them by email. I talk to them through text. And in that same breath, you'll say, why won't they answer my email? I can tell they've opened and read it seven times in my recruiting software. Why, why aren't they replying? They're reading your emails, folks. And they want that to be part of the equation. They don't want to answer an email. But they want to hear from you via email. A lot of kids, that's the primary. They love email because they can put it over here. I can interact with it where I want, when, I, when and where I want, and, and, and then not. It doesn't interrupt my life. In your email, I would suggest if you want to reply, just say, text back. Let me know what you think of this or how that sounds to you. They'll text you back. Um, overall point of this is there's a variety when you leave something out, that goes into part of what's missing in the, overall, in the overall mix for them. So the one lesson we learned before the visit 
if there is not a variety, if there's not a, a um, uh, just a, a variety of information, the way that you're contacting them, it leaves something else. So those of you who have just abandoned everything else except social media, it's, it's not going to work. If you're only sending letters, it's not going to work. If you only send a couple of emails now and then, it's not going to work. Like it or not, this generation demands and is looking for a variety of messaging before the visit. That, for them, is what's missing as a part of that, that 20%. What about on the visit? On the visit, statistically with this class, found something really interesting. Because again, this is all about what is missing on the 20%. And I think when they get on the campus, this is the height of where they're looking for that missing piece. If you think about it, they come to campus, so they know where you're located. They know who you are a little bit as a coach. They know all these things about the school. And now I'm showing up on campus and I'm really looking to fill in those last little blanks, right? So we asked them, when you decided to visit a campus, how did you want to spend your time as a way of making your final decision of where you would end up going? You're there to evaluate. Many of you would say, I want them on campus because they're, we get them on campus, we have a good shot at, at getting them to our school. When you decided to visit, how did you want to spend your time as a way of making your final decision? And we gave them a lot of choices, this class. Everything from, and it's hard to read, for, especially as you get further back, um, touring the buildings, getting to meet with the dean or professor, talking with the coaches, the financial aid meeting, admissions, watching a practice, um, hanging out on campus with uh, some of the freshmen, sitting in on a class, touring your sport facility. Out of everything, scale of one to 10, 10 obviously being the most important. What are the things that matter to them? Um, talking with the head coach, getting to hang out with some of the freshmen, the sport facility, watch, getting to watch practice. Now, just pause there for a second. Some of those make sense to you. What do all of them have in common? There's not a lot of logic and information that comes out in that. What is it? I'm soaking it in. I'm getting a feeling. I'm experiencing what it's like to be a player here. Okay. What doesn't matter to them? The financial aid meeting. The admissions presentation. Sitting in on a class. Wait a minute. That's the smart way to choose a college, isn't it? That's where all the information comes. And you have to prove, hey, we're, we're a college, and everybody else shows you what their classes are like, so we're going to walk you around our buildings and show you what our buildings are like. Please stop doing that. It doesn't matter to them. They don't need the campus visit. All the D3 coaches, just, I felt it. You're thinking our admissions department demands that we put them on the campus visit. You need to talk with your admissions department and explain to them athletes are looking for something else. They've already made the decision you're good enough academically. I'm a smart kid and I have parents who have helped me and, and positioned me into as an athlete, as a student, to go to the right school to... Uh, to uh, make sure I get the right major, I'm not gonna come visit you if I don't think academically you would be a good choice for me. They're just not. Location, type of school, public, private, all those things factor into whether or not I come to your school and yet we think as coaches, they're here on campus, they know nothing about us, I've gotta show them. You don't have to show them. In fact, when you show them, that's part of what they end up getting from you that they're not looking for. They're showing up on campus knowing 80% of what you're like on campus. That's clearly what they tell us over and over. So now what are they hearing? What are they, what are they looking for? The stuff here, the yellow line. I want to spend time 
Getting to know you, Coach, and by the way, when you talk to me, I want you to tell me what do you like about me and what's the plan for me here. I want to know. I just don't want to know information about your program. I want to know how do I fit into it, okay? I want to hang out with some of the freshmen on your team. Why? Because that's who I'm going to go to school with and live with and play with. I'm not going to do that with your seniors. I'm going to do that with the freshmen. I want to spend time athletically because that's the missing piece. The relationship part is the missing piece, but we don't give that to them. What do we do as adults? We do the same visit that many of your schools were doing back in the 1980s. And I know we've had two kids now go through college, so I've been on the admissions tour, and I've been on some athletic tours as well as a dad. It's the same thing that was going on 20, 25 years ago, folks. Please change. You're recruiting an entirely different generation that comes in knowing everything. That's why when you see groups of people around campus, going around on your campus tour, do they look excited? Do they look like they're having fun? They're not. Why? Because you're showing me things and telling me things that either I already know or don't matter to me. And I can't emphasize enough, if you change one thing heading out of here in a little bit, make sure you go back and really reconsider what your campus visits look like. Because right now, many of you are staging the same visit that they just had at four other campuses. And it's not gonna work. The 20%, that's what they're looking for. They're looking for that, that gap. Okay, what about after the visit? After the visit gets ignored so much, can't tell you the number of times either we start working with the program or we talk to a program and we have them walk through like their normal recruiting cycle and what they typically are doing now just to get a baseline of what we might need to come in and tweak. And everything is leading up to the visit. And once the visit happens, that's the pinnacle. They go home and, oh, now we got to wait because they've got two other visits. And you'll still text them, call them, hey, great game. How's it going? Coming here? You coming here yet? You coming here? No? Okay. I'll call next week and ask the same thing. They want something different. But right now, after the visit, you think it's all done. And it's not. These kids are actively thinking about whether or not they are trending towards you or trending away from you. The question we asked in that is, after you visited campus, how long was it before you felt ready to commit? After you visited campus, how long was it before you felt ready to commit to your campus that that kid just came on last week before this, or they're coming on next week here, next weekend maybe you have visits scheduled, okay? Zero to seven days, seven to 21, one month, two to four months, anything over five months, okay? Percentage of, of uh, the respondents down at the bottom. So when we asked them that question, how long were you actually thinking about it before you decided? Those first three categories, about 65% of your athletes decide whether or not you're the one or not within 30 days. Coach, we need more time. We've got to do more visits. No, they don't. They know. You could ask them within a week, and almost three out of ten of your prospects would be able to tell you. Oh, wait, so Dan, why aren't they telling us that they want to come here? You're saying that within that first month, something like six out of ten of my prospects that visit or that I'm interacting with know whether or not they're coming because you're not asking them. Why aren't you asking them? You're not asking them if they feel ready to commit. You want to give them more time. You think, and they tell you that we need some time to think about it. We have some other visits scheduled. What they clearly tell us is they define very quickly whether or not you're still in the game. Now, if you want to let them wait, that's up to you. That's, I, I can't 
force you to do that. What I will say, though, is the longer you wait, then other kids below them on whatever depth chart you have for recruiting begin to make their decisions, and they disappear, and they everything is always fluid, and I'm always worried on behalf of our clients, and I will say on behalf of you today, what is that kid behind the one that I'm waiting for? What are What is she going to do? And when is she going to decide she's going somewhere else because we're taking so long? And many of you wait six, seven, eight, twelve months for a decision that they decided 11 and a half months ago it wasn't going to be you. Or we hear a lot of times too, I know I'm going there, I'm just waiting for the coach to ask. We have sometimes uh, uh, players, uh, coaches that we work for, that accidentally tell the, the coach, oh yeah, she's coming here. She's just taking another visit, but she was, you know, she was texting me the other day that she knows she's going to commit here in two weeks. So they're telling your players, they aren't telling you. Why? Because you're the adult. You're the opposite end of this decision, and it's scary for them, and it's intimidating. So just burn that into your mind that they aren't taking a lot of time to decide. In fact, we ask a, a second question, not in this survey, but in other research we ask them, from the time you leave campus, get back in the car, the coach drops you off at the airport, if you stop, if you started a stopwatch, how much time is it before you know whether or not that, that school is still in the mix? Whether or not there's still somebody that you would consider? Average nationally is 12 minutes. So they get together, they talk as a family, they decide. And quite often, sometimes it's, it's even sooner than that, it's before they leave campus. So you could call 15 minutes later, and for nearly all the kids you recruit, they could tell you whether or not you're still in the game. What There's an epidemic of coaches that wait. And wait for a decision, because all of you are incredibly nice people. You, you have good hearts. You feel like, I don't want to pressure her. I don't want to pressure them. It's such a tough decision. We're recruiting younger and younger. I just want to give them space. Well, I'm just showing you and telling you, while you're giving them space, they're playing you. Okay, look, it's a mutual decision. They have to be right for you. You have to be right for them. Most of you in the room did the same thing they did, by the way, as you were getting recruited. So why are we pretending that that's not happening? We don't work for them. We work for you. And there is an element of the longer that it goes, the riskier it becomes for you and your program because if they're not going to decide to go there, you need to move on to the next athlete. As painful as that is, from a practical, strategic standpoint, you need to do that. And that's what the research shows. They're not taking a lot of time to make that decision. I have put this up. Who's anybody from Nebraska in the room? Okay. That's your new state motto, the state tourism motto. That's Nebraska's tourism motto. Honestly, it's not for everybody. That's it. That's their official. Now it goes out on all. And it's working. It's funny. We laugh at it because it's true. Nebraska's not for everybody. Why do I bring this up? The one thing they talk about on the visit and especially as they're trying to define things uh, about you and your program and the school, they are desperately looking for information as to why they shouldn't go there. That's the attitude we feel they come into with cam uh, on campus is why should I cross this program off the list? We've talked about that in years past for those of you that have come to some of these talks. That's the attitude that they come in with. Why should I cross this program off my list? I need you to explain who's right for us, who's wrong for us. I need you to get reaction from them on whether or not they think they are right for you or wrong for you. Um, so often when coaches go into this kind of a discussion, it's only about what's great about the school, great about the program, everything's great, everything's great, 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 great. 
and the kids know it's not real. They know that everything's not great. So to take control of this situation, and again, with the aspect or the idea of filling in this missing 20%, who is this place wrong for? Who doesn't end up liking it here? What type of personality or person isn't right for this school? And some of you coach at very specific niche schools. Um, you have to define who doesn't work out here. Because again, to identify that uh, one-on-one with an athlete, to know whether or not they're still in the game or now we need to back away because she's all about this and that's not our program. How do you end up with bad culture in your school, in your program? Recruiting kids that you don't find out until they're midway through their sophomore year that they've got things going on in their life that don't match up with, um, with what you want at your school. So please, just like Nebraska did, give an idea of uh, of what is the right and wrong type of kid to come in for your program, especially as a part of the visit. Okay, so your new 20%, the things that, um, that you should be doing, going back to your campus, knowing what is missing, what do we replace it with? What do we replace it with? Let's, again, go back to before the visit. I'm going to give you three recommendations for each category that you go back and talk to your staff with that when we work with clients, we would lead you through the same thing. So I'm just telling you what we do. It works. You do it for yourself with your staff back when you get uh, back at school. Contact the parents and begin recruiting them first. Contact the parents specifically and begin recruiting them first. Why? Because we're finding, and we're going to go into a whole separate research pile that says the parents are extremely influential at um, at what their um, uh, at their role in this process we asked the question as one little piece of that research I want to show you just real quick through this whole process what did your parents help you with fairly simple question we gave them some categories to uh, to go through just to see are they helping you with these different things how involved are the parents from the athlete perspective that top green line they helped me coordinate and plan my campus visits almost seven out of ten times. Um, they helped track and even answer my emails about 30% of the time. Filled out my applications. They helped me narrow down my school. They told me their opinion of the schools that were recruiting me. If you don't think recruiting with parents and specifically having a message that goes out to parents is important, just soak that in for a second, coach. You have to recruit the parents because behind the scenes, we talk about the missing 20%, that gap that needs to be filled. There's that vacuum. The parents are happy to fill in that vacuum and give their opinion. What solves that or what, what, um, what can change their mind? You interacting with them. If I have an opinion about a place, a school, a state, a coach, program, whatever, and I don't, I, it's just, a, it's just a, a quick opinion. And we all do. We all have opinions of different places, different coaches, different schools. Without really knowing information, how does that opinion change? Well, it changes with more information. Who's going to give them that information? They're not going to usually take the time to do a lot of research to try to change their own mind. Your competitors aren't going to help. In fact, they'll only reinforce whatever negatives there are. You at your school have to be the one to say, Here's who we are. Here's why you should want to be here. And the parents are key because they'll actually communicate with you at the start. Kids, not so much. The parents, absolutely they will because they want to be involved with the process. You need to define who you aren't and who isn't right for you like we just talked about. You need to define who you aren't 
and who isn't right for you. You talk all the time about, here's what we're all about here, and here's the type of kid we love. Go opposite, because I don't know if you've noticed with your team, they tend to be more negative. They tend to be able to tell you far more easily what they don't like about you, the program, playing time, whatever, versus what they like. It's really hard for them to define what they like. Let's not battle it anymore. Go that direction and explain to them who isn't right for you and and who you aren't as a program. Because by doing that, you're going to explain who's right and, and what you're all about. And again, before the visit, tell them when your recruiting will be wrapping up. So important. On that podcast I mentioned, there's all there, we've done one or two um, um, episodes on creating timelines and how do you manage deadlines. And uh, we have great response from coaches on that, and they've tried it, and it works. Please tell them as early as possible, before the visit, when recruiting will be wrapping up for them. That could be three months from now. That could be 16 months from now. You get to decide. But if this is the beginning of the process, the end of the process is equally important. And that's the stuff that doesn't get defined. We've been on your campus. There's a whole half day that we go through that whole aspect. It's that important that you define. You give me the end and the, the, the beginning and the end. I now have context as the prospect, as the family, to understand when that, that process comes to an end. Most coaches don't do that, though. Please be the ones that do. What about on the visit? On the visit, three things. Sit down with them at, at the start of the visit. Sit down with them and ask questions about what they're trying to find out. Why are you here? It's amazing the, the number of times, whether it's an admissions visit that I would sit in on or, or follow a coach as they're showing a program around just as a part of our client work to evaluate um, how often the visit starts and you are off and running. Right from the start, because you've got a lot to pack in. I get that. What if you took 15, 20 minutes at the start to wherever you meet them on campus, sit down, talk, and ask them, so look, what are the, give me two or three things that you're really trying to find out about us here. What are some things that you liked about the other campuses? I want to know that personally, because if there's things you like about them, maybe I can show you that we have the same thing. Or, uh-oh, we don't have that, so how do I get around that? I need to know that information right at the start. Take time, I'd say 15, 20 minutes, to just talk. It will make such an impact with the parents and the athlete and bring a comfort level to the rest of the visit. And they'll know that they now for the rest of the visit should and can ask questions back and forth to you because you started it that way. The reason most admissions tours are really bad, some of you might even work in admissions if it's a D3, sort of double duty over in admissions. The reason it's hard is because admissions tours have their script, they have it down, and all through campus, they're talking, 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 talking. Any questions? Oh, no questions? Okay. More talking, talking, talking. And that's why kids start walking around zombie-like. And they'll hear information. They'll see buildings. They'll look in classrooms. But I never – they don't know why I'm here. What, what's my motivation for coming here? The, the same thing holds true in athletics. So please do that. Another thing, let prospects spend the majority of time with their freshmen or with your freshmen. The reason for that is if you as a coach take the philosophy that we want the whole team involved, we're going to show the prospect that the whole team wants them here, and we need to let them spend a lot of time with the seniors and the juniors because they're the representatives of the program. They know how I coach. They've been here. They bought in. They're our leaders. 
Many of, the, many of you in the room, that's the program philosophy that you have. When you do that, understand that you're putting them with people, number one, that they're not going to be there playing with. And for a 16, 17, 18-year-old young woman, she doesn't understand why that's happening. One of the big complaints, the first things that a kid would choose if we're working with the program and, and they have the option of, of fixing or tweaking the campus visit, that's the first thing they eliminate is we don't want to spend time with the seniors. What? I want to spend time with the freshmen. That means next fall, your, your freshmen have been on campus for two and a half weeks. They know nothing. They're still getting lost on campus. Why would I want to bring a freshman, a potential prospect in and have them be with those freshmen? Because it's not about knowledge of the campus. It's not about whether or not they know every bit and piece of your, um, of your program and your philosophy. It's about connecting the relationship. Remember the graph we showed? What are you here on the campus to figure out? We're here to figure out whether or not it feels right. How do we get, create that feel? Whether you're D1 or D3, how do we create that feel with the people I'm going to play with? I want to just go hang out and be with them with the freshmen. They can meet the seniors, pop in for lunch, absolutely. And by the way, your seniors and your juniors will thank you for this because they are sick of hosting campus visits. And bonus, they know what they don't like about this stupid place. They can't wait to get out and they figured out what they don't like about you too. And that's important because, I don't know if you know this, they actually tell your recruits that kind of stuff. I've heard it, I've seen it. What happens, it's bad. Don't risk the program having somebody, if I'm here and I'm questioning whether or not I should be here or not, and I hear a senior who's been here for four years say, this place is boring. The coach wants me to show you that. We never go there. It's dumb. can't wait to get out of here. I've heard all those things. You tell me, what can you do now with that recruit to change her mindset back to being excited about your program? Because she just heard off script something that must be the truth because that's one of the players. It happens all the time. And by the way, your seniors know where the trouble is. They know where the parties are. They're the ones that will leave the recruit in the corner while they go with their friends to the party. Your freshmen, not so much. They're still, they want to impress you. They're eager to be there. You give them this responsibility. They're into it. So that's one recommendation on the visit. Build an itinerary. Build an itinerary around feelings and relationships, not stuff. They don't care about your buildings. They don't care about the new addition to the library. Um, they don't care how many acres campus is. They don't need to see the whole campus. When we ask kids, ideally, if, if we're in a workshop with athletes and we're trying to recreate a campus visit scenario for a program we work with, we'll ask the kids, how much time do you want to spend on campus actually seeing campus? What is the right amount of time and what's like the maximum amount? And think about what you would answer as a student athlete. Um, doesn't matter the size of campus, huge Division I campus, small Division III campus. Universally, the answers we get are ideally about 20 minutes, no more than 30 minutes, seeing campus. They don't need to see everything. You didn't when you were, when you were a recruit. Most kids don't need to see everything. And yet, we as adults, we're proud of our buildings. I've been on a campus tour of Division Three, hour and 45 minutes in a humid weather. We walked through every floor of every building on campus. And for most of the parents there, by the hour mark, it was now it was a quest just to get back to admissions. They weren't enjoying it. Your, your, your prospects athletically have the same attitude. 
They need you to showcase the feelings, the relationships. Again, going back to why are we all here? It's the missing 20%. That's the stuff I can't get on my phone. I can't get the feeling. I can't get the relationship. I'm not sure what it would be like to be on that team from my phone. I can see your buildings. I've done the YouTube videos. I can read the stats. Can't replace that. That's what they're looking for, the relationships, the feelings. So can you as a coach who is in charge of building out that um, – of building out that 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 itinerary, can you be the one to showcase that and to make sure they have time to do that with the right people around them? And the other thing I would say on the visit, ask yourself as coaches, but former teenagers, um, ask yourself this: a teenage. So you have things on your itinerary that you could think about right now. The qualifying on whether or not it stays, in my mind, is. A teenage basketball player would want to do this because why? Now, if you can give from your teenage brain an answer to what's on your itinerary, keep it. If it doesn't make sense, if you don't know why you do it, that's just the way we've always done it, or admissions makes us do that, please consider strongly taking it off because most of you don't have the luxury of wasting any available moment on campus with something boring or irrelevant to your recruits. So that's the standard. If as a teenager, you would have wanted to see this because, and you can give a reason, good. If you can't or you're struggling to come up with one, cross it off. It doesn't matter. It doesn't matter to the kids. Again, go back to the stats we showed you. They don't, they don't want more stuff. They want the relationships and the feelings. Okay, what about after the visit? After the visit, it is vitally important to continue to explain why they should want to play for you and why they should want to go to your school. Most coaches take the approach that, well, they've been here, her work is done, now they just need to decide. And everything stops. Not everything, but, but a lot of stuff stops. You got them on the campus, your job is done, mission accomplished, so I'm not going to continue to text them, email them. I'm not going to continue to tell our story, which is incredibly important. They're here, now they just have to decide. No. As you see, as they go through that variety of decision-making, you continuing to reach out to those athletes after the visit and explain as if they've never been on the visit, I need you to explain. Here's a reminder why you should want to live in our dorms. What's going to be fun on campus? Why the degree from our school is going to be the best possible degree you could get. They don't want an interruption. Many times things stop for you after the visit because the incoming message and, and relationship with you seems to be altered. You're communicating less frequently. They stop getting more stuff. And you're doing it, I understand, because I don't want to bore the kid. They've already been to campus. We test kids after a visit. We'll walk around doing uh, campus visits, <clears throat> what they saw, what they heard. We'll come back with that test group, and we will um, we'll ask them. We'll give them a little test, 20-question test. We're not trying to trick them. Just basic stuff that they heard on the visit. And then we score that test. For the average recruit around the country, 2018, what was that average score? They scored 15% on their test. In other words, they're forgetting 85% of what they hear on your visit. They need reminding. You think you've answered all the questions. All you've done is you've given them a little bit more reason why they should continue to pay attention to you. What are you going to continue saying? What are you going to continue saying? You need to continue to tell the story of why they should want to come to your program and don't be afraid of repeating things because they're not they forget most of it 
remind them again when your recruiting will be wrapping up. So this whole idea of context, we told them at the beginning 10 months ago, hey, late April, early May, we're going to need a decision. Okay, and now it's late April, early May. Remind them after the visit, hey, remember we talked about 10 months ago when, when it was going to be wrapping up. Well, we're still on track for that. We should be wrapping up our recruiting by then. Just wanted to let you know. That could be two months away. could be two weeks away. Um, entirely separate topic and type of, uh, type of session that we should be doing is when you ask them to commit and when you set that deadline, why is it so important? Again, you can go back and listen to the podcast on that. It is so vitally important. What happens most of the time is we're glad to have you. We know you have some more visits, so just take your time. Visit, we'll wait. I mean, I'm, I'm paraphrasing, but that's what they hear. And so guess what? They wait. We all like to have more time to not make an important life decision, right? We'll all take it. You give me another two months to make a hard decision, no thinking. I will happily, happily take it. Um, the reason we need this we need to remind them that everything is still on schedule. We're not going to be the backup school and wait for you. If you're not ready, that's okay, but we have to move on. Please remind them of that after the visit because they forget. Um, lastly on this, what types of things do they need more of after the visit? They need your personal stories and your players' personal stories of why they came there, why you like it there, and more information and detail about your plan for them. After the visit, more personal stories, still information about the campus, why they'd want to be there, but now wrap in more personal stories. Take the time to tell them who you are as a coach. Now they've met you. Now there's some perspective. I kind of, I'm, I know you now on a deeper level as a coach. I know some of your players on a deeper level. Is there a way you can tell them that story and why they chose that school? Incredibly, incredibly important. What do you do when you go back to your, your, um, your office and your campus? Here's, here's my to-do list for you. Identify what that 20% is that we've been talking about that is probably missing. Identify the 20% that is probably missing. Important because if you're going to fill it in, you have to know what it is. So do that first. Make sure that you and your entire staff are on the same page. If you're sitting here as, your, as the first assistant and your head coach, the rest of the staff isn't here, before you do any of this, before it's going to work, they have to all be on the same page with you as to why this is important. Unfortunately, this is not something that just one coach can go out and do to improve their own, their own situation. It has to be program-wide. So you have to talk about it as a staff. You have to be on the same page with it. That's where we have found that it has worked more and most successfully. Um, and again, going back to this, this qualifier question, what would your teenage self want? We're trying to now fill in that remaining 20% that's, that's going to help put you over the edge. Me as a teenager, if I'm being honest with myself, what would I have wanted as a teenager? And again, if you can't, if you see something on the itinerary and you wouldn't, you wouldn't want that as a teenager, it should go off the itinerary. But then that's the way we've always done it. It doesn't matter. It should go off the itinerary and begin to take on something that looks and feels different with a focus on the feeling and the relationship. This 20%, again, when kids started to say, I'm 80% there and I'm here to figure out the remaining 20%, that's where we understood this is such an important topic for all of you to understand. And I want you to take it and do something with it. It's one of the easiest, cheapest fixes for recruiting in your program. 
This requires no budget. This, this can be done in a week. It doesn't require a lot of time. It's one of the most effective ways to make immediate change is by identifying where you're missing it and then replacing that with something else. Okay, Coach, those things that I was asking the audience at the end, that is the exact set of questions that I would ask you to consider for your program. What needs to change? Great to listen to podcasts and get information. It is so vitally important that you put it into practice. That's what I want you to do. But how you do that is, of course, up to you and your individual program. If you happen to be listening to this and you are a client, let's schedule a time to talk and uh, just send me an email, dan at dantutor.com, and we can certainly talk about how to um, incorporate what we talked about there with the message plan that we are designing and, and helping you manage out to your recruits. If uh, you aren't a client, you've never talked to me before, you don't know much about us, whatever it is, feel free to use that same email address to ask questions. We love that. And uh, we'll try to point you in the right direction as best as possible. But the, the big thing I want you to remember is to take action and to make sure that whatever you've identified as being uh, extra and, and pure fluff that the athlete doesn't really need and that isn't really important to them, please take that out and replace it with the 20% that we went over that they are searching for and watch what it does for your recruiting results. Hey, you want better results heading into the next recruiting class? Consider attending our National Collegiate Recruiting Conference. Uh, All the details are at dantutor.com. Just click on the conference link. You'll get registration information, all the details of when and where that's happening. It is a fantastic event that will really reshape the way that you recruit and any other way that we can help you you can go to the website lots of free articles and information we would love for you to interact with us there and to take advantage of uh, our, our 15 years of research and data and articles that are free for you to use as a college coach one last thing tell your friends your fellow coaches within your department to listen let's grow this community uh, more good stuff on the way in future episodes And uh, again, Coach, thanks for being here and thanks for uh, allowing us to step into your world and hopefully make it better and more effective when it comes to recruiting. Have a great week out there. We'll talk to you next time.